sorry. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. <laughs> well, that was an interesting start, wasn't it, to our uh, daily podcast? I'm often asked to add a little bit of variety, and uh, today I thought I'd do Monster Man. So uh, it is a bit of a monster of a topic today. Uh, today we're going to talk about narcissism. Narcissism. Nas. Nas. Nice narcissism. Narcissism. There's so many ways we can say these words, but uh, and it's it's really it's it's pretty boring when you think about narcissism because basically it's narcissism is when we we become the most important variable in the in the whole platform of life, and so how we feel, how how things affect us, how other people affect us becomes the key component of whether we determine whether we enjoyed our day or didn't enjoy our day. Narcissism is a millennial problem because those uh, people have been, in, in many cases, taught to worry most about themselves and if anything goes wrong, everybody will jump in and repair it for them. So narcissism is sort of, um, although it comes across in many people as uh, as very self-determined. Uh, it's absolutely not. It's the complete opposite. It's the complete uh, fragility and weakness of being focused so much on ourselves that very little goes past um, uh, the radar uh, without having some uh, uh, trigger into feeling that that person was making an, a sarcastic comment about us or they were thinking about us or they were uh, judging us or they weren't liking us or they didn't want to be with us or they want to be with us or they do want to be. And so we end up in this uh, emotional muddle, I, I think is the best way to call it, because the information that arrives to a narcissist is infinite. It's almost the same as looking up at all the stars at night and you go out in the dark and go, hello, all you stars shining brightly on me. Hello, all the stars shining brightly on me. Or going for a swim and thinking, there's one shark that is somewhere between the south of Australia and the north and it's after me. Or uh, somebody makes a comment and it's about me, me, my, me, my, my, I. So narcissism forces us to live very much in the present, even though we may have aspirations to achieve things in the future or maybe hanging on to some laundry from the past, some scar tissues and some wounds. It very much forces us to be in the present, in the now. And Eckhart Tolle tried to write a book about the power of now. And basically it's saying, if you're a narcissist, the power of now is really a cool thing because you want to be as close to the now as possible because in the now, if you take it right down to its finite point, like a Buddhist monk, and be right in the now, there can't be an emotion. But if you're in the now vaguely operating in the now on a daily basis, how things, how things function around you goes, oh, how did that make me feel? That didn't make me feel very good. I don't like the way that made me feel. You made me feel bad. And narcissism leads to two really cool words. Those are blame and victim. So narcissists are both blamers, you made me feel this, and victims, if it weren't for you, I'd be doing fine. Thank you very much. So 
getting past narcissism is a, is a pretty cool thing when you think about it because it leads to so many benefits. Now, let's define narcissism for the sake of this little podcast we're doing here today on a rainy, steamy, windy, blowy day here in Bondi. Let's define narcissism really carefully without going to the Oxford Dictionary. Narcissism is the appetite or the desire, as Buddhism would call it, the appetite, as I would call it, the desire or the substitute, as uh, the teachings would call it. But in, in either way, it's the appetite, desire or substitute to change others. Full stop. There it is. The appetite to change other people is narcissism. Because basically narcissism is saying, I want to change you because how you are is making me feel uncomfortable. If you were less stressed, I would feel more comfortable. I'd feel happier. If you were less depressed, I would feel more comfortable. If you were uh, more, if you lost weight, if you achieved your goals, I would feel more comfortable. If you can see how narcissism weaves its way and goes in as a Trojan horse in the form of I really care about you and I really love you and I really want you to be happy and therefore I will do these things for you. What we're really, really saying is I will feel happy if you feel happy and therefore I want to actually say I care about you. But what I'm really saying deep down is I care about me. I care about me, me feeling like I've got a purpose in life, taking care of you. I feel like I've got uh, a value in the world, taking care of you. I feel like I've got some uh, uh, meritoriousness because look what I've done for you. Look what I've sacrificed for your happiness. But it's all narcissism. Now, if there's one word that we seriously, seriously want to be careful about, it's narcissism. Now, there's two sides to everything. Narcissism or turning everything around to suit what we want creates a very powerful leader. It creates a very powerful uh, corporate paradigm. It creates great teachers, by the way because that teacher wants you all to learn what they want you to learn. It creates incredibly clear communication because a narcissist knows what they want and therefore can deliver it and say, you better change and give me what I want or I'm going to mess with you. So narcissism has at its root a a very strong sense of self-development, self-awareness. But unfortunately, it gets confused because once narcissism has become, let's say, the pyjamas we wear at night we, and, or the singlet we wear in the day or the, or the underwear we wear, we become unaware that we're wearing it. And in, in the end, we're doing everything out of narcissism, thinking that we're being spiritual or kind or caring or friendly or we're looking after our kids, wanting them to be how we would love them to be and thinking that that's good for them, when really we're just absolute and unadulterated and pure narcissists. Now, as I said, 
there's a good side to it, and, and I've illustrated a few of the narcissistic benefits. Uh, another narcissistic benefit is uh, in uh, money. How much money do I want for me to be my comfortable, for my family, for me to be my, I, my? So the I-ness of life, which is uh, the masculine form of living, the I-ness is very, very um, narcissistic. It creates clear goals. It creates uh, personal awareness. It creates a very strong what's called character. It creates an, an, an allegiance to a mindset. So this is what I want, go fuck yourselves, is kind of like the narcissistic uh, mantra. But let's look now at the negative. The negative is to become engaged, or it's what it's called entangled, in a vicious web uh, and a very confusing web of emotions. So when we become confused in a web of emotions, we don't know whose emotions are running the ship. So we go, well, I want you to be happy, but you're not happy, therefore I don't feel good. Therefore I want to make you feel better so that I feel better. And when you feel better and I feel better, all will be good because you'll stop feeling bad. And this emotional uh, mouse wheel where you know you're, the mouse runs along and it brings the back of the wheel back to the front all the time creates an emotionally driven human being and an emotionally driven human being is extraordinarily dishonest but they don't know it and narcissism the downside of it is absolutely an unadulterated dishonesty under the banner of I care I care about the environment why because I want my kids to grow up in a better world <clears throat> absolute narcissism. I want my kids to behave in a good way so that they are happy. Really? Is that really what you want? Or do you want your kids to behave in certain ways so you can be proud of them and show them off and, and they don't annoy the hell out of you and so you get peace of mind in your house? When we start wrapping, uh, you know, you buy a wrap from, a, you know, a breakfast wrap and they roll it up, you know, when you start rolling up narcissism, it gets wrapped in all the veggies and all the complications of life, and it's impossible to unravel it without massive work. Meditation wraps uh, narcissism tighter. So meditation is a way of being the most narcissistic person under the banner of self-awareness. So when most people meditate, they're meditating so they become better people. They feel good from meditation. And so meditation ultimately is the narcissist's sugar. Uh, and we, again, it's really hard to unravel where narcissism starts and where it stops. But narcissism is the appetite and desire to change others. And therefore, if we're meditating to change others, to change ourselves, to change anything, it, it is the absolute height of narcissism. And narcissism is an emotional web in which we waste energy, we cause ourselves bodily dysfunction, we cause ourselves intimacy and relationship problems, we cause ourselves a lot of strain. The opposite to narcissism is altruism. Now, what does altruism mean? Well, it's for the greater good. So if I'm meditating 
and it's hurting me, but I'm doing it for the greater good, then there is a clear witnessing that this pain I'm experiencing, the narcissism of wanting to relieve pain and gain pleasure, the appetite to relieve pain and get pleasure, which is another definition of narcissism, if I sit in pain for the greater good, that's a sense of sacrifice for others. So then meditation, the same meditation we're doing, becomes altruism. So in the Himalayas, uh, there is a, when you walk into a monastery and, and you say, I want to learn to meditate with the monks, and the, there is an English-speaking monk there who, who specialises in helping Westerners who are backpacking their way up the Himalayas to learn a little meditation. The first rule, number one rule, is you donate some money, uh, you get blessed by the head monk, and you sit there uh, praying for the well-being of all beings on the planet. That includes every worm. And so because you're not specifically defining this person and you want to change that person, and because you're not defining what the well-being of all people means, in other words, you're not saying, I want these ones to be at peace and these ones to be happy and these ones to be healthy and these ones to be rich and those ones not to be. We're, we're not narcissistically defining our outcomes. What we're saying is for the well-being of all sentient beings. And the word well-being becomes nature or the universe's definition, not ours. So we're putting energy out for the well-being of others. So bringing this back home into personal development and the work we do at Inner Wealth, to become altruistic means that we act with purpose. Now, that uh, brings it all back and you say, there is a purpose greater than me for working. So I know you, you've got your narcissistic, your goals, your wealth creation ambitions, your desire to do a good job, your desire to be remunerated and uh, recognised and rewarded and, uh, and build a good team that like you and all these things. These are the narcissistic things that cause the emotional entanglement which emotional unintelligence tries to resolve or emotional intelligence as ridiculously it's been labelled. And it can't because at the heart of all that is narcissism. Altruism, on the other hand, is having a purpose greater than you. The best way I can describe this is to give you an example and the example is me. And, and, and that's a, a really easy topic for me to talk about because I know most about this topic than anybody else on the planet, me. I am the CEO of a company called Me. So I decided a long, long, long time ago during the process of a, of a deep and uh, powerful exploration that my life purpose was to open hearts. Um, why that is and how that got to that and what the process is, that's another uh, podcast. But let's just say for now, that stayed with me now for 48 years. I open hearts. Is it good? Yep. Does a person benefit from an open heart? Yep. Ask the question again. Is it bad? Yep. Does a person have disadvantages from living with an open heart? Yep. So the net result of opening hearts is zero. It's a null. But it's my purpose. 
And it's just like saying, for the well-being of all sentient beings, I say, to the open heart of all sentient beings. In a sense, uh, knowing that the net result of all the work I do is positive, both positive and negative. I'll give you a good example. If there is a husband in a house or a wife in a house, let's put it in a non-sexist way, the husband or the wife opens their heart, their partner's heart will typically, out of uh, uncertainty, close. And that closed heart will affect the children. But the open heart of the other person will affect the children positively. Positive, negative, chaos and order. We evolve at the border of support and challenge. The kids are being supported and challenged. They're evolving, as they were before my work started. In a business, people open their hearts, but the open-hearted people aren't necessarily the most productive because if I just purely help people open their heart, they would become very generous, very kind, very uh, grateful, very uh, gentle. The, the whole package would mean unproductivity in a business environment that was intense. So when I teach open-heartedness, I teach it in conjunction with other things. And so... Uh, to keep the altruism of your purpose clean, it has to be that the benefit of your purpose to the world is neutral. <laughs> no matter how many people uh, you, you give kindness to or gentleness to or security to, no matter how many people, you just birth another one who doesn't have gentleness, who doesn't have. And so we have to lose the infatuation with the work we do, which means take the emotion out. There are four really important things to recognise when it comes to narcissism. What, we, uh, 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 what we're attracted to, we will eventually repel. Attraction breeds repulsion. Infatuation with something eventually means we'll resent it. Elation with something means we'll eventually be depressed by it. And raising some, someone else above ourselves or below ourselves will diminish ourselves or raise ourselves above the baseline. We are no better or worse than anybody else. Nothing's missing. It just changes in form. So understanding the roots of narcissism in wanting to change others means at the end of the day, we need to be able to have a perspective of other people that helps us avoid the narcissistic notion that changing them will make them better or changing them will make us better because, as I say, hidden at the roots of narcissism is the idea that we're going to care about everyone, want them to all change, but really we want them to change to what will make us comfortable or make us happy, and that is the root of narcissism. To get around this, it's really important to realise that that every human being and it, 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 that every human being on earth is a beautiful uh, path searching inspired spiritually questing soul that the body is really the outer camouflage of something very profound and beautiful and if we get stuck in the outer looks of a person we get stuck in the world of narcissism 
we get stuck in the world of narcissism. And if we look at what people's goals are and what their actions and beliefs and behaviours are, if we keep defining them in a black, white, uh, male, female, tall, short, if we keep defining people by their outer cosmetic uh, appearance, we can't help but be narcissistic because they look good and bad. We compare them to our expectations of them. But if we can ultimately look at our children, look at our partner and look at the people around us and those we work with as beautiful, inspired, path-searching souls, we transcend the need to change them. And all we wish for is that they find what they're looking for. Now, we don't get benefit from them finding what they're looking for. Sometimes it could mean they pack up and leave. But that is the altruism that we want to have in our lives. Some people question when I talk about my marriages that I've been married uh, now six times. But every marriage I've been in, the person I've married has left the relationship better and to move forward to, in the direction of their path and the, one of the things about not being or trying not to be narcissistic all the time is that you don't want what, what will better you for the other person. You want what will be better for them. And sometimes that is to continue their journey in the direction they're travelling. It's the same with uh, working with people and coaching them and, and running seminars for kids. You, if I was attached to every human being that has attended Uh, the thousands of real spirit seminars I've run around the world, then I would be going crazy because some will go where I want and some will go where I don't want. So I've got to just say, from an altruistic point of view, I share what is in my heart, I share the journey and part things that I know and and, uh, and wish you all your own experience. And that way... It turns to an altruistic experience for which I get remunerated. Um, and I think that's a really important part of this is that we, altruism doesn't necessarily mean we're not compensated in financial terms for our work. We can be altruistic, wish for a better world, wish for uh, people to find uh, their, their wellness and, and find their joy and have their path. We can do that and, and also be worthy of being paid for it So we don't necessarily have to go broke and become a Himalayan monk in order to be altruistic in the real world. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.